Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film Marvel Edition. Joining me this week is Stephen Schleicher. Hello. Stephen, we went back to the theater for the first time in what felt like a really long time. I know, it has been a long time <laughs> since we've gone to the movie theater. And man, I'm trying to, th- I know we've done a lot of, not you and me, but yeah. my family has done a lot of uh, family movie nights at the theater. But mm-hmm. again, the last time we did that was probably back in August, maybe. Is that when you went and saw Kubo? Kubo and the Two Strings, I think, was the last one we saw in the theaters. Yeah, I saw The Girl on the Train recently. Right, right. Which we didn't do on the show, and I don't recommend anyone going watching it. (laughs) Uh, But before that, I couldn't even, I don't remember the last movie I saw. Yeah, definitely Kubo was the last one we did. Yeah. Because that, um, then soccer got started with family, and so we were out of town for a bunch of weekends, and then there was just nothing in the theater until, hey, Doctor Strange arrives, and that's one that I've been waiting for for quite a while i'm probably uh when star wars ended last year i'm like okay let's get ready for dr strange right oh we gotta wait for all these other movies coming uh, out first so garbage garbage until the visual well, civil war thing. captain america civil war some people like that movie oh, batman yeah. v superman Ugh. you know some yeah, people like it. I, I, guess. Didn't, I didn't hate that movie. was that those were this year yeah that was a long time ago know, right holy moly yeah uh yeah so we went to the theater and we watched marvel's latest film dr strange mm-hmm. starring benderman uh, Benjamin, nope, no, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, and uh, Cheetah Way, uh, uh, I don't yeah, know how to say Chiwetel Four. Yeah, there you go. I learned Rachel that McAdams, one. Benedict Wong, uh, Michael Stuhlberg, and uh, Mads Milk, uh, Milkelson, Mickelson, and Tilda a, Swinton. Now that's a hard name. Yeah, Tim, then Tilda Swinton. Yeah, and um, a bunch of other fine actors. So I am not very much aware of who Stephen Strange was before this film. Mm-hmm. Did you know a lot of backstory going uh, into this? There are, you know, uh, coming from a comic book background, uh, you do know who your Doctor Stranges are uh, from your comic books. But, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, in the origin story, now that's not the first appearance of Doctor Strange in comics. They mm-hmm. went back because apparently he was such a popular, in, in the original incarnation of the comics, uh, Doctor Strange was more like a not quite Rod Serling, but almost and, and not quite Crypt Keeper. But people would come to him with these problems and then he would go into their psyche and oh. figure out why this person was being tormented or why these people. And it was always some kind of a weird twist, like you're being tortured because you abused your wife. Oh, and this yeah. is why this is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would, uh, uh, you know, um, met out some uh, some punishment for those people. OK, uh, but in the origin story. Uh, they definitely make Dr. Stephen Strange kind of a dick in the comic books. Oh, okay. Where he is full of himself, which is kind of what they brought over into this movie. Yeah. And he doesn't want to work uh, on people unless they can afford to pay it mm. uh, and a bunch of other things. And uh, one night he gets in, in a horrible accident and his hands are ruined. Okay. Um, and so he can't perform surgery anymore. And so he tries to find different methods to do this, which eventually leads him to... Um, uh, not non Parabot, but uh, that's the DC comic version. But, oh, you know, some mystical one. land yeah. far away where the ancient oh, okay, one yeah. uh, gives him the power to become Stephen Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. So uh, that's kind of your origin story. So there's a lot of that that translates into mm-hmm. this movie. Although, you know, you 
And here's, I guess here's the thing. A lot of people kind of complain about, oh, why does we have to have this mysterious journey of someone traveling from the West to the East to find some miracle cure? Yeah. And that's the way that this person uh, finds some mystic powers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a trope. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is a trope. Uh, But this is also the origin story of Doctor Strange. So you've got on the one hand, one group of people who are always going to complain about the white culture invading or permeating uh, this tale or this culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, you've got a bunch of people that want to see an origin story of a hero that they're familiar with. So you've got the people who want to change origins of characters and people who want to keep that origin of characters around. And this movie tries to do that. Um, kind of. Uh, obviously, one of the biggest other complaints mm-hmm. that people have in this movie is the ancient one played by Tilda Swinton oh, right. is white. In the um, uh, comic books, it's definitely someone of Asian descent. Okay. And so a lot of people were like, okay, here we go. Whitewashing characters again. They did try to cover that a little bit in the movie because they say that Tilda Swindon, uh, the ancient one, is Celtic right. in origin. And that's where she came from. That's where she came from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So in one line, they kind of try to erase over that and are trying to say, well, it doesn't matter the nationality. This just happens to be where they are Mm -hmm. in the world because of these three locations where they're trying to protect the world from Dorumamu. 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 What a name. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, And Dorumamu is from the comics too, so. Oh, okay. Uh, So yeah, there's a lot of problems and Marvel has a, this is something that Marvel was in a no-win situation, I feel, when it comes to the origin of Doctor Strange and how they approach the Eastern philosophies mm-hmm. uh, in this film. Yeah, it is uh, because even if they cast a, an act, an Asian actor mm-hmm. in the ancient role, then you still have the trope of going to, right. mm-hmm. you know, uh, an Eastern country and right. getting these mystical things. And I'm totally not opposed to, you know, they are the, one of the nice things about this, and this gets in a little meta meta thinking a little bit woo woo out there kind of stuff for some people. What I liked about this is they're not approaching this as, ooh, magic, say the incantation. This is approaching it from a kind of a very spiritual way of approaching reality Mm -hmm. and how, you know, in in some metaphysical teachings, you can leave your body. Mm -hmm. You can visit other realms. You can use your chakras uh, and, and other energies to heal yourself. And uh, the mandalas that we see with Stephen Strange's um, magic. In fact, all of the all of the magic beings are using some kind of mandala mm-hmm. uh, as the symbols when they're using their shields or their weapons or whatever that they're using. So I find that very, very fascinating that very subtly they're throwing in the metaphysical uh, philosophies into this and the, and the teachings into that and religion, if you want to put it into that way. Mm-hmm. I find that that was very, very subtle way of, of injecting that into the story without making it the centerpiece of the story. Yeah. So that is an interesting thing because they really come at it at an interesting angle. I, I guess I had like some weird things. Like just, what? Um, it was um just to see him like go so deep into it like so fast mm-hmm. and master it was like a weird That's thing. The, that is the other thing that I think is 
is not touched on enough in mm-hmm. this movie is that there is a lot of time that has passed from the time that he enters the monastery yeah. to the time that he I mean he grew a gets beard. into uh, gets into the fight. Yes, he does grow a beard. Maybe that's how they're showing a passage yeah, of time. But there are multiple times where he's attempting to uh, reach out to um, uh, the McAdams uh, character, Christine, yeah. uh, to reach uh, to communicate to her and. He doesn't do it. So this isn't an, over the course of a few days or a few weeks. This is probably over the course of a few years that this is happening. Oh, at least really a year. I think I think that it's at least a year, if not more. I was giving him teachings. like I was giving him like six months, maybe. No, I don't think it's six you think months. It's no. Than that? no, I don't. I honestly think that he was doing that for a couple of years because you don't mm. learn martial arts and fighting in six months. Even right. training unless, every day. Yeah, unless you're like. You're like, oh, a special character that gets to like jack into some. You're like, you're yeah, just no, so much better not, than everyone. That's not this. I mean, you don't read a mystical book and then, or even have photographic memory, and that translates into, I know kung fu. You know, it doesn't yeah. doesn't translate into that. So yeah. there's training going. Well, they on, definitely wish, didn't display that very well. I wish they would have. That's one thing. There's a one scene. I think when he's running out into the rain, or uh, no, it's the first time that he comes into the library and meets Wong mm-hmm. and is returning books. I was like, hmm, I wonder how much time has passed. And it seemed like a perfect time for them to put up like six months. And then in another shot where he's running across the courtyard when it's raining two Mm -hmm. years, you know, and that just something. So people know that there's this passage of time, just something very subtle. So they know that he's not this, you know, magical being that has suddenly absorbed all of the power of the universe that people have been studying for centuries over the course Mm -hmm. of a month or two. Yeah, because that's what it makes it seem like Mm -hmm. he's surpassing everyone at this school or whatever you want to label it as. In such a short amount of time that he's like this super amazing uh, genius that mm-hmm. can master all this stuff without really even trying, it seems. Right. Yeah, they definitely needed, if their idea was like, this has been a significant chunk of time mm-hmm. like, since he's arrived here, that they really should have tried to make that more evident and than I they think did. They, and I think they did with the beard growing and him having to shave that. But I also think they were subtly doing it with the whitening of his hair. mm which, you know, uh, Dr. Strange is, is known in the comics for having these big shocks of white along the sides of his hair, very much like Reed Richards. Um, I was thinking at the end of the movie, spo- I mean, this is obviously all spoilers, spoilers, but at the end of the movie where they're doing the time jump thing, where it's doing it again and again oh, and yeah. again and again. Mm-hmm. Again, we're only seeing a small slice of this. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing something that could be literally taking decades to complete. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping when he started that journey, he would have had the little bit of, of white hair. But by the time that sequence ended, he would have a, you know, mm-hmm. the big, yeah. very long white streaks of hair on the side and his beard would be grown in just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I guess that doesn't happen when you're jumping backwards and forwards in time, but sure. it would have been a nice way to say, hey, this was a long time. This wasn't just 10 instances of Stephen Strange dialing back the rewind button mm-hmm. uh, to get Dormammu, Dormammu, I'm not going to say that guy's <laughs> name, uh, to to convince him to cooperate. Right. And not not destroy the Earth. So, what you, what, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, there, there's just uh, some things that I didn't think this movie did particularly well. Okay. That maybe, um, I did read some other people's comments on it and they maybe convinced me that it was okay. I thought the movie was tonally off in that they tried to do uh like seriousness and then um like a lot of like sadness and, and mm. of him losing his his hands mm-hmm. and you're trying to trying to maybe give some feeling of empathy for this character who we like per- earlier right before he gets his surgery like he's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. 
And then what I really thought was off was the humor they tried to inject into the maybe into a little Strange, bit. Yeah, I thought was off specifically the cloak. Yeah, I would I would totally agree with you there because um, the cloak, you know, tugging him to go one way or another, or the cloak wrapping up the bad guy and banging him around, yeah. throwing him around, seemed really kind of ridiculous. Seemed kind of lighthearted. And really came off to me very much like the the carpet from Disney's Aladdin. Yes. And I was like, well, I suppose, but it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. I mean, it just yes. seemed, and I know when you're trying to animate things, you do have to over-exaggerate. But the over-exaggeration of the cloak in this, even if it was supposedly having an intelligence and doing these kinds of things, yeah. um, still maybe a little bit overdone. And I agree yeah. with you on 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 that kind of humor. On the 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 sequence in the library where... Um, Stephen Strange is, keeps calling Wong by a bunch of different names, you yeah. know, Beyonce or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. um, whatever. And then they cut to him listening to Beyonce yeah. as Stephen Strange is reaching through mm-hmm. his portals and taking library books. I thought that that was appropriate. I think that was fine. I thought that was fine. But yeah, the, the, the cloak really bothered me. Yeah, it was really the cloak because it felt like they were trying to do... I, yeah, the the carpet from Aladdin is mm-hmm. definitely something you kind of get the feeling of. But, you know, there's that humor in... Like Iron Man movies, right? That it felt like they were trying to inject in this one that I didn't feel like we needed another Marvel character like Iron Man mm-hmm. to have this this string. Yeah, because in the first Iron Man movie, and also more so in in the second movie, they really amped it up. But you know, um, Tony Stark would talk to his robotic hands, and mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Oh, sad little puppies," when they make a mistake or something like that. Yeah, I can see that as a parallel here. But that's one of the other things that maybe we should talk about is. This is Marvel's for I mean Marvel Studios' fourteenth movie that they have total control of, right? Yeah. This doesn't count Spider Man or the Fantastic Four movies or Blade or any of that stuff. And really, by this point, they are following, especially for the introduction of characters, a very strict by the numbers origin story movie where mm-hmm. you have a fake MacGuffin that they have to go and chase down, that the character has to be. Well, and again, th- this isn't bad just because we say it's a trope where they're following a formula. It's not bad. I mean, this no. movie opened up $86 million in the United States, $325 million worldwide in a week or two on a budget of $165 million. So, you know, there's something for following a formula, yeah. right? So, you know, your character starts out as a dick at the beginning. So let's compare again this to Iron Man. Tony Stark, total dick at the beginning of Iron Man. Stephen Strange, total dick at the beginning of, of yep. Doctor Strange movie. Over time, they are stripped down to their nothingness. In this case, Tony Stark's heart is broken. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange's hands are broken. And through the process of healing and dealing with something of a different power in the case of, uh, and I forgot what the guy's name of was in the cave in Iron Man, Ping or something, I forget. Oh, yeah. Um, but develops this technology. Stephen Strange goes to Tibet uh, and or Nepal and learns these things. And by the end of the movie, they have become masters of their domain, masters of this thing that has changed them. And they come out on the other side radically different from the person that they started at the beginning of the movie. So, yes, there's something about following this formula in movies that does work. Mm-hmm. But for and, and many moviegoers probably could care less. Right. But. For a lot of people, especially critics that people are reading online, oh, my God, this is the 14th time I'm seeing the exact same story being told. When are they going to stop? Mm-hmm. It's not that they're going to stop. No. It's that this is a successful formula and we're following it. And I know you've – have you read uh, Save the Cat? Yeah. 
Okay, so you read Save the Cat and it's saying, here are all the things that work and here's why they work and here's why people keep using them because they work. So 14 movies in, Marvel is following the same formula when it comes to origin stories. Of course, it works. They're going to continue to do mm-hmm. it. So, Well, that's the thing is uh, while, and I do it a lot, I, I will be the first to admit that I bemoan the the formula, especially action mm-hmm. movie, especially mm-hmm. what we see from... Uh, superhero films from Marvel and DC of this, you know, essentially a hero's journey type plot right. or just just any of those but structure again, plots. But like those plot structures have been with us for thousands of yeah, years. Yeah, and that's and again, go back to Hero of a Thousand, Here, Faces. A thousand yeah. Faces. And it is. We have these monomyths. We have these stories that are told again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And they work because they have these tropes or these elements that resonate with us on a subconscious level that is ingrained in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to some of the mystic philosophies that are being presented in in this movie, same way. A lot of this stuff is there. If you study it and you, you learn from it, then you realize, Oh, this is stuff that has been embedded in our bodies for Mm -hmm. a long, long time. And I've taught, I don't know if I've ever talked about any of that stuff with you guys in college of karma and all that stuff. So to me, this is something that's like, Oh, this is neat that these kinds of things are being introduced, but it works on, a subconscious level because we all believe it mm-hmm. here in the movie. And for many audience members, they're seeing this for the first time. They understand it. They accept it for mm-hmm. the most part. And and then they move on. Well, I think in, when you follow a plot structure like this, mm-hmm. a way to keep the story fresh is to introduce either a new element right. or to visually tell the story in a different way, which I thought was Dr. Strange is, uh, strength throughout the entirety of this film was the visuals. Mm-hmm. And um, that was what would really interest me in this movie, just mm-hmm. watching the previews and watching them bend the cities around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, from that aspect of this film, it completely paid off. It oh, was yeah, yeah. one of the best visual Marvel movies I've seen in a and you really did not, long time. You did not see this in a 2D? No, I saw it in you 2D. You saw it in 2D. Yeah. Wow, you really should have seen it in uh, a I? 3D environment because I, I really thought, now there were, here's the problem with our theater. <laughs> um, one of the many Let problems with our the theaters, names. I don't think that the projectors are strong enough for the 3d projection. They're fine for 2d projection, mm-hmm. but the problem is you put on these, uh, polarized sunglasses and it cuts down on some of the light reaching your eyes. So that means in order for you to have the same bright, vivid colors, you need to amp up the you projection. Up, you yeah. really need to jack up the brightness. And I felt like a lot of scenes when I was watching this, even though the 3d was fantastic, I thought it looked too muddy at times. Mm. I thought it was really, wow, that's a little dark in that scene. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm watching this in 3D. I'm not getting all the light. Mm -hmm. People who have seen this in 3D IMAX say that the experience is breathtaking. So there's not a brightness issue there. So if you can see this movie or if you saw this movie in IMAX 3D, then that is probably the most best optimal way to see this right now, short Mm -hmm. of watching this on your 3D 65-inch TV (laughs) in six months when this movie hits uh, Blu-ray 3D or whatever that's mm-hmm. going on. Uh, but yeah, the 3D was really cool and really mind trippy. And if you remember our discussion from 2001, a space odyssey yeah. about the Stargate so, and the slit screen effect yeah. and how that was, you know, a, a, another discussion of going to other worlds and mm-hmm. wormholes and all of that stuff. I mean, that's, what's going on in this movie in that moment where, uh, the ancient one knocks Stephen strange out of his body and sends him going through all of reality, mm-hmm. all the multiverses, 
and him freaking out about it. And it totally pays off in, in 3D. Absolutely. I mean, that was a scene, I don't know if they really put in any of the trailers, but was really nice. It actually, I thought, introduced a little bit of humor into mm-hmm. the film, but visually... It was, I mean, it definitely took influence from yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey oh, yeah, and that yeah. giant like 11 minute color sequence from that film. And it, and it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of that was also, again, taken from mysticism or, yeah. or the, the metaphysics of, um, of what people believe right now, because mm-hmm. it really falls into this. This is the other thing about uh, Doctor Strange in comics. Steve Ditko did uh, Doctor Strange in its early runs in the 1960s, and he created these super trippy realities, these super trippy looks. Um, and it was super popular with the people who did a lot of drugs because Mm -hmm. it's right in there, man. And, um, and you know, there's, there's probably out there a lot of, uh, Dr. Strange blacklight art of Steve Uh Ditko's from that time period. And when I'm watching this, there is to me a lot of, even though it's not a Steve Ditko exactly, there's a lot of Steve Ditko influence in this Mm -hmm. movie to where some of those colors are very, especially when you go into the um, Dorumamu's um, uh, dimension, whatever that dimension the was. Dark world. The dark or dimension. No, that seems uh, like that's Thor. Thor. That's yeah. Thor. <laughs> I don't um, remember. But you go into that dimension mm-hmm. and it is very black light effect. Yeah. And so it's like, wow, that's total Steve Ditko in there. So, you know, they're bringing that into this as well. And that's very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And what I thought they did well is they took all of these elements from other really visual films like 2001. Mm-hmm. I think definitely. Uh, Inception mm-hmm. influenced a lot of the special effects, and but they did them in just slightly different ways and put their own spin on them. Right, that it was really fresh to watch, and something really nice about doing so much uh, like environmental special effects was when they were doing that in an action sequence. Mm-hmm. The action sequence had to be a lot slower uh, edited. Right. Than normal Marvel movies where we're throwing the camera yeah, yeah, around yeah. and just whipping punches. Yeah, because you had to see how the environment yeah. is affecting the sequence. Because if the if the room turns, they're falling down onto yeah. the floor, or onto the wall, or to the ceiling, or whatever. And you have to see that as the action's taking place. Yeah, yeah. this is one of those movies that I really want to get uh, the physical DVD copy and look mm. at all the special features. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to have some making of oh, I'm behind sure. the scenes. And watching them flip everyone in these rooms is going to be really fun to watch. If that's how they did it. I'm not sure that they, they, I'm not sure they, they did, did all body I think doubles. It's, I think it's all, I think for a lot of it, I think it's 3D doubles. Oh, that would be really disappointing. Because I, I love a lot watching of that, the a lot of that stuff that you stuff. see. A lot of that stuff that you see was super wide shots far away. Yeah. So I think that's all 3D doubles. There was some of that when they're protecting the, like the gate in mm-hmm. New York, when mm-hmm. they were in the hallways that was yeah. closer that it was just tumbling so much that they like, could it would, have been. And I, I really hope they at least did some I'm sure like, they did weird some wire yeah. stuff because there were a lot of flipping and um, just really interesting effect work in this film that I'd be definitely Did you look on Cinefix to, to see if No, I haven't seen it looked up. I'm sure usually it's like, we'll talk about a movie in the next like, week. The next, the next week it'll come out. out. Yeah. yeah. Although this would be... Well, November, December, they would have one out right about now. Oh, so then it might be. Yeah, and just the just the visual aspect of this was even when they were just simply extending the room so it was hard to someone mm-hmm. to catch up, it just looked so nice where it wasn't just an elongation where you could see the patterns on the floor like move out and then like bend around. Mm-hmm. It was such a, just a really interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Cinefix issue 150 comes out in December pre-order now, but the, um, three main stories, four main stories 
were the three that we should be concerned about. Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, and mm-hmm. Arrival. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so those right. are going to be, and then there's Allied is in there as well. But mm-hmm. I think from the effects perspective, I think the Doctor Strange, now that's visual effects. Yeah. Um, practical effects would be American Cinematographer. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't look. Oh, uh, I, a lot of I, things I going my, on our minds in America these yeah. uh, last couple of weeks. I got weeks, my so. issue of that, and I didn't oh, see it was not Strange in, this in one. there. Okay, no. let me see if they've got anything coming up. Uh, free Blade Runner issue coming up if you subscribe oh, to baby. the newsletter. But I don't see anything about Doctor Strange at the moment. I'm trying so. to remember what was in there, but it wasn't strange, at least not on the cover. Looks Empire was on the cover. Oh, yeah, Empire. And Westworld, which oh, is a web-exclusive article. Yes. That's a good show. It's so good. It's really trippy. Yeah, I love it. Can't wait till it's over. Then we can talk about it. I know. (laughs) Um, But what else did I really... I mean, I really enjoy Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, Mm -hmm. acting. I thought he's always been uh, great and everything from... Uh, this to he has a really small part in 13 Years a Slave right to his work on Sherlock Mm -hmm. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff and um, I thought he did a really he plays like a really nice pompous jerk I think so I think he comes off uh, fine in this I I mean I think he's a good Dr. Stephen Mm -hmm. Strange is there is there someone else that could have done better I'm sure yeah but I think right now he's probably the best one to pull this off and uh, make it make it work so I was I was cool with that there's a, a an interesting thing that it seems like there's talking about tropes in the Marvel universe. One they're continuing uh, in Doctor Strange that started in the original Thor movie was that in in Doctor Strange we have Rachel McAdams playing Christine Palmer, who's mm-hmm. uh, a fellow Doctor right. with Stephen. Mm-hmm. That when Stephen goes away and comes back and he starts talking about as he's she's like he's trying to get her to patch him up. Yeah, he starts talking about where he's been and what he's learning. And uh, Christine is very hesitant to believe him because, you know, Stephen yeah. was this guy right. like founded in science and mm-hmm. he was a doctor mm-hmm. and this is what he did. And now he's talking about like this metaphysical things yeah. and stuff. He can't. He's like, I mean, he like leaves his body and has his whole uh, fight outside of the body. Um, and so she's not believing him, which to me echoes back to um Oh, Padme's character right. from Thor, right. where she's also a scientist and gets brought into Asgard, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This is a blah 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 blah," and she's like, "No, right, this right. is a science term type right. thing." And right. there's this thing where they're bringing these female characters that are based in the sciences, <clears throat> and then when they're paired with their male counterparts in these films who come from these other ideas and yeah. not sciences, it's a really interesting thing. But I don't really know what the the make of it. So, but it's an interesting thing they're going with. So, uh, two problems. First of all, the heroes are male, yeah. right? So, because the males are predominant, uh, you know, because the heroes are predominantly male, it's hard to get that role switched around mm-hmm. to where you've got the super powered female and the sciencey nerd guy going. Yeah. Wait a minute, that's not how this works. So, there's that part that you can't flip around. And so, working in the love interest. Uh, works well in this because that serves then as the uh, audiences through to this mm-hmm. other mystical world. Yeah. Stephen Strange, Iron Man, both uh, act as um, the audience's view into this mystical world or this mm-hmm. other world as well. In the case of sciencey people going, wait a minute, this is not this. In Thor movie, they tried to explain it by saying, you know, what you see as magic to us right. is science or just yeah, science yeah, yeah. you don't understand. And that's something that's been explained in a lot of sci-fi over the last couple of years, probably the last 15, 20 years 
where um, people are like, well, that's magic. And it's like, well, it's just science you don't understand. And so it it looks mm-hmm. like magic to you. And um, in this one, it's a little bit different because it's actually dealing with a different level of thinking. And it's again, I don't think it's magic. I know a lot of people would say, no, Dr. Strange is totally doing magic. I mean, I spent some time uh, many years ago (gasps) studying, you know, the philosophy of these different religions Uh and studying the metaphysics and studying, you know, what people would call the frou-frou sciences. But there's something to that that is we don't see it because we refuse to see it. But then when you lift that veil, you're like, oh, there's this whole other world I wasn't thinking about. And I think that's kind of what Dr. Strange is getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to bring it down to something more that that you can that we can perceive and understand, look at the Fibonacci sequence or look at the golden ratio or the golden rule mm-hmm. in in art and nature and science and look at how this weird ratio continues to pop up in so many things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it may seem like some weird magical trick that the universe is playing on you, mm-hmm. but really it's just science and nature doing what science and nature do. You just aren't looking at it from that perspective. So from you, it looks like this weird mystical thing and it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I think the other thing that with Marvel, especially is Marvel's heroes have always been heavily rooted in science. Iron Man is technology with uh, mechanics and, and physics. You've got um, Peter Parker, who is biological sciences, is mm-hmm. how his powers come about. You have the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. who are bombarded with cosmic radiation. I mean, there's no magic involved in any of this stuff. Right. So when you start to introduce magic characters like Thor and Doctor Strange, you have to figure out how does the world of science in Marvel, how does it deal with these different aspects? And I think they do it, and unfortunately, because... The superhero genre, especially in film right now, is so dominated by male heroes. Uh, you end up with this, the female character going, well, this doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. I well, I don't even know. That's not quite what I was getting at. Like, oh, we don't understand. Where I just thought it was interesting that that's a character they're doing of like they're supposed to be the scientific voice of reason mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not necessarily questioning it, but just. Like, what are you talking about? I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, because it is a question. I well, just find it interesting that they're when doing I... it through a, a, a woman. Like, well, they're at least putting a woman in a science role. But sure. like, what is this? Is it going to continue this like interesting character trope that they're kind of building into these movies? To the and, non-believing science woman? Is, no, is that like the trope? The, or? No, the hard science believing woman. Like, because, you know, they were both like right, right, a right. scientist and yeah, like she's a, astrophysicist a yeah. and she's a medical doctor. Yeah. Right, right. And it's just interesting that they're questioning this place. Well, I think you have to. Right? I think you from. have to because, yeah. again, we are so brought up in science and math and technology mm-hmm. and we're told that this is how the world works. Right. And again, if you were suddenly presented with something where I'm talking about Fibonacci sequence or I'm talking about golden rule and a golden ratio and I suddenly say, hey, remember television or remember cinema and we see it in this 1.35 ratio we'll go look at the fibonacci sequence or go look at the golden ratio and you'll see that it's like very close to a 16 Mm -hmm. by 9 ratio and it's like whoa is this some kind of weird mystical thing no it's just this thing that we figured out naturally because we naturally understand what 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 works proportionally or when you look at the spiral of a nautilus shell you look at the spiral of a pine cone or you look at the spiral of a of a uh, of a sunflower seed uh, layout 
it's not some universe conspiring thing, or at least we believe it's not a universe conspiring <laughs> thing. There could literally be something on the other side of reality that's trying to tell us something mm. by this. But as scientists have studied this, as they're trying, finally trying to figure out what this means, it's not, it's not magic. It's just suddenly saying, oh, this looks like magic, but we just never really studied it. Mm-hmm. So this dispersion of the seeds and the, because of the way that it looks, it looks like a spiral or a pattern, but it's really the most optimal way for the sunflower to produce the most seeds and get them the most exposure that they need to the sun. And that's mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, it's bing, bang, boom. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we explore what's been going on with Thor, we see, I think by the second movie, uh, especially when uh, the character becomes more uh, involved with the different realities and the different worlds, they start to bring more of the science back into the mysticism, mm-hmm. I think. So I think from anybody's perspective, the initial reaction is, well, that's not what reality and science has taught oh, me. Sure, yeah. So therefore I have to be convinced, prove it to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just an interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, so no, They're I doing... think we'll definitely see that. And we've got another Thor movie coming up, so we'll see if they explore that even more. Now, uh, end of movie credit spoilers. Two movie credits. Yeah, so we see Doctor Strange and Thor interacting mm-hmm. because uh, Doctor Strange's like, I'm trying to keep track of all these extra dimensional beings so we can keep Earth safe. Um, have they said Cumberbatch is going to be in the next Thor movie? Yes, the that that has been Ragnarok? confirmed. Yeah, he's already been said that he was going to be oh. in that, at least in a small part. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay, that'll probably be cool. just popping up in a scene or two. When does that come out? Next next fall? year, I believe. Yeah, next fall. Mm-hmm. Or we have next spring from Marvel. It's got to be like, is it one of their big oh, ones? Uh, b- b- Guardians of the Galaxy two. Oh, that's in the spring. I believe so. Oh, they moved up to spring. Very Let's nice. see. When is Thor Ragnarok? Thor Ragnarok like comes Thor out usually. in November of yeah. next year. Um, dang it. Guardians, Guardians is probably spring. I would imagine it's their so. big one now. Yeah, they usually put all their weird ones in the fall, and then I guess if they blow up like Guardians, they get to be put in the premium spot of yep. spring. Uh, May fifth is when yep. Guardians of the Galaxy two yeah. hits, so those will be our two movies for next year. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. I would like to see those characters interact because Thor has. Um, I've always liked the Thor movies because mm-hmm. they're a little bit different, kind of like Doctor Strange than mm-hmm. what you're seeing in the rest of the. Um, rest of the Marvel movies, and that's why they usually come out in the the, the fall, where they don't they yeah. don't think they're gonna get as much play. Here, here, oh. Websites that start your stupid sites with get out of here with stuff. Get out of here. So we've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in May, yeah. Spider Man Homecoming in June, <gasps> and then um, Thor in oh November. Gosh. So many more, and then movies. Star Wars in December. So uh, Star Wars every year. Star Wars every year, man. Um. So then we have a post post. Mm-hmm. Uh, credits thing mm-hmm. that sets up I'm guessing Doctor Strange 2 yeah and they do say that Doctor Strange will return yeah right it does say that yeah. and so in the movies uh, Mordu uh, has been a villain of Doctor Strange for a long long time and I think originally he was just a villain of Doctor Strange it was never set up that they were oh, really? that they were friends with one another oh. this one sets it up that Mordu has this very strict belief that you're not supposed to mess with dark powers. If you're messing with dark powers, then you must be eliminated. You are doing something wrong. And even the ancient one who has been slightly tapping into the dark forces so that she could live forever to help combat the dark forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mordu is like, no, that's not that's not cool. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of the movie, when Doctor Strange has kind of used dark magic to um, to d- defeat uh, Dormammu. Mordu is like, no, this is not cool. So I've got to destroy all magic people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where we're seeing the, that direction go. Yeah. Did you like that? 
I was fine with it. I kind of, I, I kind of like the, I kind of like the, I mean, I wish he would have stayed a good guy, but I mean, he's a bad guy in comics. So what did you expect? Um, but <laughs> I think that this idea of someone who is, again, I'm going to get a lot of people angry at me about religion this week. Uh, so when you have some religions super, super strict mm-hmm. about their belief system, the minute that their belief system is questioned, suddenly the some, not all, mm-hmm. okay, some people turn super radical mm-hmm. and believe that the only way to um, to make sure that their belief system is intact is to destroy everyone else who might be using this in some other way, shape, or form. Every religion has done this. Every religion has some kind of a, a zealot in it that, you know, really takes the doctrine by letter of the law and there is no bending of that will. And Mord, mm-hmm. who is that in this movie where he has been brought up to believe that we do not use dark magic. Dark magic is wrong. Dark magic is bad. And now suddenly his belief system is shattered where his leader and his friend are both saying, well, it's okay providing you don't go overboard with <laughs> yeah. it. And suddenly he's freaking out and going, no way, this is not acceptable. And so I must destroy everyone who has ever had any contact with any form of dark magics whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that. So um, first of all, I get my, things with that uh so in the comics mordu is bad guy Mm -hmm. to dr strange like Mm -hmm. all time yeah yeah so was that weird because i didn't know that well that's what i thought too because um when i got the lego set that i reviewed over at major spoilers uh the youtube channel youtube.com slash major spoilers video i reviewed the dr strange set and i was like why are mordu and and dr strange friends in this and and i'm like this doesn't make any sense whatsoever Mm mm-hmm and it's like, well, haven't they always been enemies? Yeah, it's an enemy, so they must start out as friends and then become enemies. Uh, and we see that a lot, too. That's another sure. trope, too, where you have to, I mean, you see it in Harry Potter, you see it in um, you see it in Lord of the Rings, you see it all over the place where suddenly two friends who have what seems to be a common goal figure out there's a difference and then they split. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, again, that's a very common so was that was see. that a, a moment you were waiting for throughout the movie, waiting for them to split, or did you think they were going to change well, up I, the character? You know, with the Mads Mikkelsen um, being the bad guy in this mm-hmm. uh, piece, I was like, okay, so this movie is just going to be them being friends, and then the next movie, very much like we saw with Captain America: uh, Winter Soldier, we start to see the universe fracture, and then by the third Doctor Strange movie, these two are full on enemies of one another, just mm-hmm. like Iron Man and, and Captain America. So I was really thinking that we were seeing this come into a three part story of the falling apart of their friendship. Mm-hmm. Not so much by the end of this, maybe, maybe Marvel realized maybe stretching it out to three movies is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's bring it up in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you had a problem. With I it. had a problem with it and this is going to get back to the whole, uh, paint by a number story structure. That I say, sure. I, I saw this and I go, Oh, this is what we're going to do for the second movie. We're going to have the character that, uh, I'm going to guess uh, in the first act, he's going to somehow take Dr. Strange's uh, chakra or whatever he pulls mm-hmm. out of the guy mm-hmm. and he's going to be without his powers. And he's going to have to train throughout the second act of the movie in the third act. He might get his powers restored or he might figure out a way to beat uh, Mordu mm-hmm. with just no powers. And that's going to be the second movie. I'm like, oh man, I guess uh, like again though, like we said with this one, is a very formulaic structure for this one, but they were able to do something interesting to keep it keep it fresh and make mm-hmm. it look nice. So I shouldn't be so quick to jump on the let, second sequel. Let me ask you this. Okay. When we watch a movie like Citizen Kane mm-hmm. or Chinatown or even Midnight Cowboy, mm-hmm. 
those movies are ones that invite hyper critique. Yeah. Invite you to say, especially something like Citizen Kane, look at my use of camera work. Look at how I edit. Look at how I frame. Look at how I do all this stuff. Break it down, tear it apart and realize how great this movie is. Mm -hmm. Then you also have a lot of movies like Star Wars, which aren't trying to do anything groundbreaking because really Star Wars was not doing anything groundbreaking. Or you look at something like Rocky or you look at something like. I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, using Guardians of the Galaxy, probably a little off because I'm trying to make a point about Marvel films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you just want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. I just want a story. I don't want to think about it. I want to see good guys versus bad guys, and I want to see good win at the end. Mm-hmm. I want to eat my popcorn. That's why it's called a popcorn flick, because <laughs> I can just eat my popcorn and enjoy it, and I don't have to think about deeper meanings in this. Yeah. That's what this movie is. Yeah. I mean, this is right. not something that's... Even though earlier I talked about how there's a lot of philosophical and, and, and spiritualism parts in this movie that could make some people study and learn and, and become awakened. This movie is not going to change anybody's life. This movie is not going to change cinema. <laughs> Doctor Strange, even though it has these really cool, wide, trippy, all, you know, world altering effects, mm-hmm. is not a deep study like... um um. Inception is. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you were to compare Inception and Doctor Strange, which one makes you think and which one is the one that you just turn your mind off and enjoy it? Right. Right. And I and that is definitely something I am aware of in my especially mm-hmm. film personality. Of. Mm-hmm. I am not a, a big fan of popcorn flicks. Like, that's just not my thing. Like, I don't. Like, I watch Marvel right. movies one time right and i never watch them mm. again not because i didn't enjoy them but it's just like not what i want to spend my time watching again and so then of course i'm the film hipster douche sure that, no i, I mean if, no, if my there's, friend, there's, there's nothing totally wrong with think, that but that i just like that is not my film watching preference of you know shut my mind off and watch a movie mainly because of this podcast and your horrible teaching making us what? think so, mu- teaching. so much analytically about all films. So how dare you? First of all, <laughs> how dare you, Zach? So this is where we come into uh, a, a, a more philosophical discussion on art versus entertainment. Yeah. Art can be entertainment. You know, a comic book, Mm -hmm. the newspaper funny strips, uh, your uh, uh, CBS sitcom, that's entertainment. Mm -hmm. That is stuff that that is art that is there to entertain you and oftentimes not try to teach you or inform you or change your worldview. Mm -hmm. Then you have art for pure art sake Mm -hmm. where you say, look at how I'm using the medium. Look at how I am changing our notion of what we perceive as art using something else. And you can look at Pablo Picasso. Mm. You can look at um, um, uh, Dali. You can look at a bunch of other artists that really, uh, Maplethorpe, you can really look and see what they're taking with art and twisting your perception of what art is to try to get you to think differently Mm -hmm. about this. Uh, Films can be the same way. This is why oftentimes when we have a discussion, you'll hear me say, a film like Citizen Kane and a movie like Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. where film has this visceral reaction to you that makes you think, makes you study, makes you question, makes you do all these things. And then you have a movie which is just like, I want to be entertained for two hours. I really don't care about any kind of deeper message. I just want to turn my mind off from the rest of the world and get into this crazy stuff. Yeah. 
Fifty Shades of Grey, Harry Potter. I mean, all of these these films are popcorn films. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to change the way you think. I mean, I'm not saying that they can't, but they go in with a mindset of here's a popular topic. How do we make money off this topic? Mm -hmm. How do we repeat that process? Does that make sense? Oh, no, absolutely. Like, it totally me makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's nothing I wrong with that. No, I don't. I and absolutely agree. But I'm saying there's nothing wrong with you sitting there going, these kinds of movies don't um, don't make my mind click the way other movies right. do. Because you are in that debate of, I would rather have something that challenge me, challenges me, that makes me question things, mm -hmm. that makes me want to study further about something, as opposed to, I feel like, and I'm not saying you're feeling this, but no. I just wasted two hours of my time on something that was enjoyable, but in the end doesn't make me change my way of thinking. Right. And that's where I land on strange where, um, it was, I didn't, I didn't think it was a complete waste of time mm -hmm. to watch this film. Like it was enjoyable to especially see what they were doing visual effects wise, because they were definitely something oh, yeah. pushing that medium forward yeah. here. And, um, and there would have been a time where, yeah. Because I was doing a lot of post-production stuff and because I was writing and doing tutorials and doing real production stuff with special effects things that I would go to a movie like this and I'd be like, I don't care about the story. I'm mm -hmm. watching the special effects and I'm really critiquing every little bit of thing that goes in with the special effects. I still kind of do it a little bit today, yeah. but even more so in the past where I'd be like looking at a 3D animated film and be going, oh, that hair is out of place. Why is this? Or this doesn't look rendered correctly. And that would be me critiquing because that's the world that I'm in. Right. Uh, again, but there's nothing wrong with being that way if that's how you want to, if that's what you find enjoyable. Yeah. And I don't want to say that if that's what you find entertaining because that's the difference between entertainment and art. But if that's what mm -hmm. you find enjoyable, that's perfectly okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so as, as, a, as a Marvel film, mm -hmm. as things I've watched, I really thought... Doctor Strange was better than a lot of the Marvel mm -hmm. stuff I've seen. I thought I would definitely put this in my top five. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think definitely top five. Um, but like I said, it's not something that I would. I'm like I won't watch Doctor Strange again because like, mm, it's mm -hmm. just uh, not that it's a bad movie. Right, right. It's just not something I'm going to spend yeah, more time this is investing not, in. This is not um, The Martian. This is not, uh, what was the, all right, all right, all right, Stargate movie. Um, oh, in, yeah, Interstellar. Interstellar. This is yeah. not Interstellar or The Martian for you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, even Interstellar, which I don't know why I haven't watched it again because I love that movie. I haven't like watched it, but it's like, if I'm going to spend a bunch of time watching movies, I'm going to mm -hmm. watch like probably something, something weird. Yeah. Something yeah. weird. Something I haven't seen. Something probably. Yeah. Terrence Malick. Well, I actually, I watched his last film. I didn't like it. Oh, um, really? okay. Yeah. It was weird. Um, maybe probably like foreign stuff. Uh -huh. Cause there's just like so much yeah, yeah. art out there. Yeah, from other yeah. countries I haven't seen it. Like I, I get like American entertainment. Mm -hmm. art, and if I really want to watch something like super crazy entertaining, like I'll probably watch star Wars. Like again, like I love star Wars. Yeah. I don't like rewatch those films very yeah. often. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's just how you're wired. Yeah. Now in 20 years, you may change. Yeah, probably. Right? So, yeah. And there's, again, that's nothing wrong with that too because no. uh, we should change and evolve and our tastes should change and evolve mm -hmm. over time for better or worse. And it doesn't matter. But if we are, if we were the same person that we were at 14, 
this Ugh. world would be really, really different if our views were the same as the ones that we were at 14. And I've seen you, you know, I've known you since you were 18, Yeah, maybe 17. I don't know when you started college, but probably 18. 18. Yeah, 18. So I've known you for what, six, six years now, years, six, yeah. seven years now. Yeah. And I've seen you change Yeah, from, you know, physically, you can grow facial, you, can grow facial hair. You, <laughs> you grew like in one summer, you grew a foot. Yeah. Uh, literally, I think. <laughs> uh, so you, you've changed, but I've also seen your thinking process change mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, you know, this show, Zach on Film, has continued long after I, to the point where I thought it would, because at one point in a show a long time ago, you just made it very clear exactly. You made a perfectly clear, succinct point. And it's like, this is everything that you should have learned from this. Mm-hmm. You are now ready to move on to the next level. Um, and that was even before we finished the the movie list. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so change is good mm-hmm. regardless of what people say. Change <laughs> is good. Cause Always if it makes, be changing. if it, if it shakes you up and makes you think differently or makes you have a different worldview, that's good. Yeah. In, in the end, it's all good. Change is good. It's and good. for Dr. Strange, change for him is good. Iron Man change is good. In all of the Marvel movies, it follows a very simple formula. Change is good. Is the formula getting a little stale for most of us? Probably. I don't know how, what percentage of our audience has seen every Marvel movie, or if some people are like, I'll watch this movie, I'll skip this movie and and what that process is. Mm -hmm. But I think for most of our viewers and listeners and people who are movie aficionados, uh, I think for the most part, they kind of see a change and maybe they do grow a little tired on this, but guess Mm -hmm. what? What are we? 14 years, six years, seven, eight years. We are nine years away from the, from the very first Marvel movie. My son's nine, Mm -hmm. right? So He's now getting into watching Doctor Strange and he loved this movie. Yeah. Um, but guess what? In nine more years, he's going to say, oh, yeah, I remember that Doctor Strange movie such a long time ago. I'm really into this Miss Marvel uh, or Captain Marvel character that they have now. She's totally cool. And this has cho- totally changed my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I see that as a good thing, too. But he may just sit there and go, you know what? I don't want to go see. What was the movie that he didn't want? He did not go see Civil War, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was just, man, whatever. Hmm. So. Or maybe he is. I don't remember. There was one I remember him. Yeah, there's one he was just like, I don't really care. Yeah. And that's fine too. He still gets a lot of And it's like always this is the origin film. Uh They really can start like doing different things. Yeah, doing different things. Because like we see like Civil War was definitely a different plot structure thing we're looking at. And so, you know, they do hero fighting hero. Yeah. Uh at least it wasn't this one. (laughs) No, no, no. It wasn't this plot structure. No, no, no. No, it definitely wasn't. But it's an evolution of again. And again, I like to compare Civil War with Batman v Superman because mm-hmm. it is the same movie. Mm-hmm. Ideological differences between the two and they're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. One's a little bit more humor filled and the other one's a little bit more dark and gritty, but the base storyline is still the same. What happens when two heroes have ideological differences and it boils to the surface? Mm-hmm. I like this movie. I thought it was enjoyable. Yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, from the special effects stuff. Uh, I didn't see anything from the effects side stuff that was groundbreaking. There was nothing here that was groundbreaking. Yeah. I thought it was, this was a very paint by the numbers movie, but it was super enjoyable. And yeah. I like how they tried to tweak the, the, the model just a little bit. So for me, I, I enjoyed this movie. And I, I spe- really like how there actually wasn't a big boss battle at the end. Right. right. Where it was just strange using his intellect yeah. and his one little power mm-hmm. to just like essentially tire out mm-hmm. this giant God mm-hmm. character. He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm done, whatever. Just take yeah, these yeah. like three guys and then you can have earth. Like yeah, no yeah. big deal. I thought that was an interesting play on the big battle sequence. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think 
Doctor Strange is worth going to, especially oh, yeah, if you're definitely. a big Marvel fan. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of their better better films they've put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. In, in the last couple of ones, this is definitely a highlight for me. Yeah. Yeah. So in the previews for Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. uh, we saw a preview for the next Matt Damon film where he's yeah. not uh, leaving Earth, but instead will be on the Great Wall of China in the aptly titled film the great wall right uh, another one that has caused quite a bit of controversy absolutely um but it is is from a chinese director who's mm-hmm. kind of really highly regarded yeah, Zhang, over in china Zhang Yimou. uh for his visual and mm-hmm. that's what really caught me for this and mm-hmm. there are some crazy interesting visuals coming from that great wall trailer uh and he put out a film in 2002 yes. titled hero that stars jet so Li, good that is one of his highest rated films and i'm very mm-hmm. interested in so next week we're gonna watch this it. this is one that's kind of interesting because it and this is what i like about chinese cinema and we'll talk more about this next week but um a lot of it is based on their history and maybe mm-hmm. their history tweaked just a little bit so this is the story of a, a, a famous assassination attempt Ooh, okay and um What's cool about this story uh, and about this movie that you should really focus on is not only the great acting by uh, Jet Li, and I think Donnie Yen is in this uh, as well. Uh, Maggie Chung is in this. Uh, Just some really great actors and actresses and some fantastic martial arts sequences Mm -hmm. from Chinese martial arts, wushu, uh, wire work films. Look at the use of color in this movie. Okay, This movie is fantastic from this mm. uh this was a back in the uh, late 90s early 2000s i really got into asian cinema mm-hmm. uh and it was brought on a lot by crouching tiger hidden dragon but also uh, a bunch of others that my friend had imported and one of the ones that he imported like right after crouching tiger hidden dragon hit hit the united states he's like here watch hero mm-hmm. and i loved it it is a good awesome. film, so i cannot wait to talk about this next yeah week. so that'll be next week on zach on film in the meantime head over to majorspoilers.com where you can find this podcast posting page and you can give all of your thoughts on dr strange or any uh insight you have on hero before we do that episode mm-hmm. next week uh why are the uh, majorspoilers.com click on amazon.com button over on the right hand side you can do all of your holiday amazon shopping and we're getting close Get to black a Blu-ray friday copy of hero there you go um, it's not going to cost you any extra when you use that Amazon link, but a little bit of that money will come back to major spoilers to keep shows like this coming week after week after week. And Stephen, the Patreon is always a big help. Yeah, if you enjoyed this show, if you enjoyed the discussion, if you enjoy what Major Spoilers does, I mean, we are not funded by major corporations. We're not owned by comic book companies. We're not owned by a movie studio. We're doing this uh, on our own, and we could certainly use your help, and that's the way that this show continues, by you heading over to patreon.com slash majorspoilers, kicking in a few bucks a month, just less than the cost of a movie, less than the cost of movie theater popcorn, movie theater uh, sodas, less than the cost of movie theater candy. You can ensure that this show continues week after week with one small monthly donation. So head over to patreon.com slash majorspoilers. We certainly appreciate your support. And that's it for this week's episode of Zach on Film. We'll see you next week. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.